This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
All right, we're rolling, and I'm here with Cal Callahan. How's it going today, brother? Good, man. Great to be on here with you today. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about you doing really cool community gatherings in the Austin space around fitness, consciousness, kind of just general health and wellness, as well as I heard you on a couple of podcasts like my friend Hallie's and uh, just really got intrigued into your story and thought it would be an interesting time to uh, do a podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And it's always, uh, I enjoy the opportunity to to get to share a little bit about what's maybe happened over the past six, eight months uh, in a way for me. This conversation allows me to start to process it even more, even deeper, right? Because I have to find the right words and, and really get in touch with how, how I've been feeling or did feel around those things. And, you know, the podcast with Hallie Rose for me was was it such an in, important time for me and and as you know you listen to it it's i was working out a lot of things right then going like deep in and very open about some of the stuff that i was working on with a business relationship and right. it was really cool to be able to to feel safe enough with her to be able to go there um so that Absolutely. was really cool but you know the the, the, the kind of Wednesday workout crew that, that you were referring to was something yeah. that was, man, you know, it, it did eventually evolve into some, you know, conscious men gathering and health and wellness. and But yeah. it started because I was in a men's group and they knew I had this home gym. That's, it's, that's pretty cool. You know, I've got all the things you need. A couple of guys were like, hey, man, we've been working out on Wednesdays in, in, Stefano's garage. Can we work out at your place this Wednesday? It's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that'll be fun. And mm-hmm. that was like my thought, like, that'll be fun to work out with these guys. Right. So it started with, I don't know, seven or eight of us. And the next week there were 10 or 12 and then it started to grow and it leveled off in the mid twenties for a bit. And then again in the thirties and eventually we got up into the mid forties, you know, mm-hmm. from probably May to June. Wow. Beautiful. And we were able to create a space without trying. We just were showing up for this workout, but, but men were being introduced to, uh, it was really an opportunity to show up without ego. You're going to see guys who are super fit and you can choose to measure yourself against their physical fitness, or you can come in and get out of it what you need. Yeah. And, and I think the men that, um, who maybe are more fit were able to show up in a way that was very supportive of everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really sets the tone when you have maybe the quote unquote, least physical alphas feeling very inclusive. And totally. then it started to be this thing where, you know, listen, someone would move to town and I'd say, Hey, come to the workout. It's such a great way to meet a group of men that, you never know where it's going to go. It's always right. hard. If someone was to town, do we go grab a coffee? Do we do this? Do we do that? It becomes, there's, there's a lot of moving parts with that. It becomes uh, a bit of a time thing because I'm busy, just like you're busy. We're all busy. Mm-hmm. So to be able to offer them an opportunity to meet 20, 30, 40, you know, guys in one sitting where it's not sitting across the table from someone you're working out, you're sweating. You're high-fiving, you're slapping asses, you're doing all this stuff (laughs) where it's just the armor comes down, right? you know? So it really, it was really some magic and 
you know, we, we head out for the summer every year and the, the, you know, the last workout we had over here was in, in kind of late June mm-hmm. and it's since moved on to, um, you know, the, the kind of seed of that grew into what's called empowered brotherhood, okay. which is, you know, kind of moved to on it, the on it gym here on Thursdays in the last couple of weeks, they've been at Silker park. I don't okay. know how many were there, uh, yesterday, but it looked like a hundred guys wow. and just reading the telegram, you know, group. Mm-hmm. It's changing people's lives. And so it's yeah. really cool. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to have been a part of that, mm-hmm. you know, and for me right now, I'm not sure, you know, it's, it's, I'm in a kind of a season where I'm trying to figure out what do I want? You know, do I want to jump back into that kind of big energy mm-hmm. or, or do I want to go back to small group, real fun, Mm-hmm. keep it simple again. And I think I'm leaning towards the latter mm-hmm. um, where I, I had thought when I left that we'd come back and we'd pick back up. But, you know, I allowed mm-hmm. for what was coming up for me to just honor that and be like, you know what? I don't know if that's for me right now. I think yeah. I'm going to, you know, have a few people over. We'll get into that and it'll be a little bit more intimate. Right. It's to be fun, you know, mm-hmm. but that feels like fun for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I really admire your ability there to to hear what is coming up and honor that for yourself because, you know, so many people are easily pulled in by those social pressures of, what, you were here from the start, you can't leave, you can't go anywhere, like, what are you thinking? And then maybe guilt trip you a little bit, but it's really cool when you can respectfully, you know, um, bow out of, of something and because it's for your higher good and, and you got to know what that is and to listen to that. And I, I've definitely heard through your conversations on several podcasts on your own podcast, the great unlearn that you're, you know, particularly able to do that. And I guess that that just shows maturity, right? It's like, I feel like you're a mature, masculine energy carrying person. And that's inspiring for someone like me who's a little younger, still like learning the ropes here, but still very interested in that consciousness expansion space. And, naturally that leads back to the body and then you realizing whoa like this is a sacred suit of armor that i'm in here you know like that gets me through this experience here on earth i need to treat it with more respect and it's (laughs) funny because you know you can hear your whole life for for someone like me anyway you need to work out you need to work out (laughs) but until i got that kind of existential understanding realization that whoa this is a this is sacred you know what i mean like it's a temple that whole your body is a temple thing really like stood out to me. And I understood it for the first time, like firsthand that got me interested in that. And we've done a number of our own kind of mini gatherings in the vein of what you do, but, um, more than working out it's yoga, it's breath work, it's drumming and it's ice bath. Um, and that is kind of what me and maybe about five friends or so have like a ritual around as far as like tuning up, you know, that, that, uh, that spiritual suit, you know, like this, this body that carries us through, um, this life as well. When you are healthy, you are making better decisions as well. And you're more clear in your mind. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And first of all, I just want to acknowledge like how spot on I feel like you were with your kind of. Uh, uh, assessment of what I said. And I think that gets lost on a lot of people, but you're absolutely right. It's just the ability 
to tune in and, and do what I really want to, not what I think I should do or what I think other people think I should do, but what do I want in this moment? And I only know that for spending multiple years, you know, 49 now, I would say the better part of 48 years, not having those boundaries right, and letting different stories come in and dictate what I do and don't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so when I finally stepped into the ability to say no and to honor what my intuition was saying, my life got a lot easier. I started to follow right. things that were really alive for me, that brought me joy, that I got excited about. Mm-hmm. And the things that that weren't coming up that way, I wouldn't just automatically dismiss them, but I would sit with it a little bit longer. Like, why is it that I, this doesn't excite me? I feel like it yeah. should. Right. Okay, it doesn't. What is it? Oh, I'm just not in that it's not that season of my life right now. I'm not Mm -hmm. into large gatherings and doing deep inner work. Like Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that. I've done a lot of that over the last four years. And I, I I really, Mm -hmm. when we left for the summer, I unplugged from the podcast, from all the investing I do from really everything back here in Austin. And I just played Mm -hmm. and I got really clear on what would bring me joy in that play space Mm -hmm. In, in transitioning back here. It was, it was almost like, you know, the, the best thing I could liken it to, and you would understand this, is like going on like a like a two month medicine journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you come back from, you know, you said you've done you've done ayahuasca before. I've never done it, but I've sat with psilocybin a handful mm-hmm. of times in ceremony, and yeah. there's an integration period that happens after that. And so right. for me, when I came back not too long ago, I wanted to honor that, and then I wanted to just pay attention, really let let life unfold before me and start to choose very consciously what, what I was called towards. And so that's been, it's been a a really, you know, again, back to those boundaries. Can I just honor that what I feel like I want to do? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, thank you for, yeah, you're welcome. It's an important thing for people to, to, to look into that because it really helps you take charge of your life, you know, and not a lot of people have maybe the best your role models growing up, you know, mm-hmm. like we have to kind of get lucky um, and or inform ourselves, you know, by listening to things like dope podcasts with conscious people, you know, and that's what I kind of, you know, find that outlet in for sure is like, you know, almost like remote mentorship. It's like, they don't even know I'm learning from them, but I'm like learning hard by listening deeply to this content and really like focusing on it and trying to feel into where these people are coming from. And I really appreciate your ability to do that. And Hallie as well um, also has a a great way of, of, you know, being that example. Um, But yeah, you do have a a very interesting journey. Um, I I don't want to like misspeak, but it sounds like it's almost something like you're a day trader and you lived a life that, you know, you thought was what it would take to get to success and happiness. And when you got there, it wasn't what you thought it was. And you kind of wanted to do this great unlearn. And you started almost on some type of healing path. Now that's just cliff notes, just, you know, third person yeah. perspective over here, but I'd love to hear your version of this awakening journey that you've gone on and like what it took to get to that. Yeah, no. And uh, you, uh, solid cliff notes version in, in, 
Yeah, I was, I was actually a floor trader in Chicago for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I'd say pretty early on, uh, I enjoyed a lot of success, a lot of financial success. And it kind of, you know, got to this point where I felt like I had made it and kind of lived there for a number of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got out of the business back in 2013. We moved down to Austin, played around with a few other kind of projects and um, tried on a few different hats about what what was exciting for me. And then uh, the, the real kind of seminal moment for me was back in 2017. October 1st, I was in Las Vegas at the mass shooting, uh, the new Route 91 mm-hmm. mass shooting. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, um, you know, being at the concert, you know, hiding behind the tour buses with, with a friend of mine and a, and a, a number of other people, just thinking, fuck, like I did, I did everything. You know, I played, I played by the rules of the game, Mm -hmm. uh, objectively by, by the measures of success I won, but here I am, you know, 45 at the time and, uh, just felt empty and thought like, fuck, like it may be over Mm -hmm. right now. And like, where did I go wrong? Mm. And that put me on a path of, of questioning, like, why am I here? Cause it's not for, it wasn't to play the game, um, that I was playing. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you shouldn't play that game. You know, everybody has to decide for themselves. And I'm grateful that I played that game. Cause it gives me, you know, on one level, it gives me financial flexibility to, to, to arguably do whatever I'd like sure. to explore anything I'd like without that constraint. But I also learned a lot by going that path that it can only do so much for you. Right. And I started to learn about the relationship to myself and all the different bits of trauma and story and conditioning that we're all subjected to in our own way. Mm-hmm. And what came out of that, um, you know, I launched the podcast about a year and a half ago was this unlearning this, you know, this, you know, we called it the great unlearn, but like, how, how do we take our stories? How do we take these agreements as Don Miguel Ruiz talks about in the four agreements? How do we take these agreements, unlock them, and then find and make a new agreement, have a new way. And, you know, I tie that back a little bit to what you're talking about with listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, much like yourself, I gained a, a lot of value from listening to Kyle Kingsbury, Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, whoever, like guys mm-hmm. that I was just called to listen to. The important thing people need to remember is these are ideas and concepts. These are experiences that each of these individuals have had. So mm-hmm. take that, apply it to your life and go have your own experience. And then you'll know But this is the only way for us to really know is to have our own experience in these different areas. Yeah, It can pique interest. You know, I think that the, the podcast for me, it's like, I want to pique people's interest to go mm-hmm. deeper into the things that sound like a fuck yes, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's really what I've tried to express in the podcast is we can learn from books, we can learn from podcasts, we can learn from our friends who have experiences. But ultimately, it's up to us to have our own experience. And then we have our own relationship with a truth, and it's our truth with that thing. Yeah. And that can change. A new experience changes it. New information comes in, it changes it. You know, one of the things 
you know, like to say is that I reserve the right to change my mind. I don't fucking know. I'm always learning. I'm curious. Totally. I try not to draw a line in the sand and say, this is the way it is. Totally. It may be the way I feel about something in a particular time, but I think back, you know, about the, the, you you, you could listen to my podcast. It's been out for, you know, 70 episodes now and mm-hmm. shit's changed throughout that. I mm-hmm. felt different about, cause I've met different people. I've had different experiences and I think that's really helped me open up and not feel like I need the answer. I have mm. an answer for me, but I'm not trying to sell that to anybody. Uh, I'm really mm-hmm. trying to encourage them to do that for themselves and to get away from this idea that there's a right and a wrong, that yeah. it's black and white. It's just, it's just not been my experience, certainly yeah. not lately. And as I've opened up to that, I've learned so much because I don't need to defend my position. I can just have my idea and if I'm really uh, in a good place, then I can receive what whatever someone has to say. Right. You know, and it's not critique about me. It's not something for me to take personally. But I think you would agree. We 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 often do take that shit personally, right. and um, it's just the way we've been brought up. And so the unlearning is about understanding where these patterns are coming from. These stories are coming from, and. Right. could be from our parents. It could be from our teachers. It's definitely, you know, mainstream media has its role. Yeah. Like just having that awareness allows us to go in and say, Oh fuck, this is not my belief. Right. I've been believing this my whole life, but I got this from someone else. And I actually have no idea about fill in the blank. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. When you said there that it's not black and it's not white, you know, it gave me the vision of um, something I've heard about, I think it might have been from Indian mythology, um, around reality being this multifaceted gemstone. Like, depending on the angle through which you look is what you see. So, therefore, they're all, you know, perfectly valid perspectives and or views of reality, but none of them are more right than the other. It's just where you're viewing from. So if you imagine like this, you know, cosmic kind of diamond, you know, and where we are right now in our particular journey, we're looking through this facet and things see this way. They, they look this way because that's where we're looking at reality from. But someone's on the completely other side seeing a whole different structure inside that diamond than you are. And it's completely valid because it's the same gemstone, a.k.a. reality. Um, but, you know, we're looking at it from different angles. How does that kind of resonate with you? Oh, deeply. That that's it. You we 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 all look through a different lens, and in particular moments, our lens continues to shift. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, if, if, if think about you know, compare yourself to someone who you know. I'm making an assumption here, but I, I think I'm spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who uh, is in the Ku Klux Klan. Sure. Okay, there. I don't. You know, my feeling is that people aren't born evil. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be some stuff that's passed down genetically from, you know, their lineage. But but ultimately, sure. kids come into this world as, you know, this kind of fresh clay. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of conditioning, a certain type of conditioning that goes into breeding people that feel like that is the right path. Mm-hmm. So... When we can look at that like objectively 
And again, maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe you think people are born that way. And, and, and I have no way to really know that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But my gut tells me that there's a reason someone feels that way. They're looking at the gemstone through a different facet. Yeah. And they've been taught that that is the right way. Totally. And it doesn't make it right by any means, but right. there's a reason why we all feel the way we feel about certain things. Totally. It's based on our experience mm -hmm. and or what has been given to us, whether right. we've done it consciously or unconsciously. Right. And when we can start to understand that all these things play into what our belief system is, we, we start to, for me, it was the, it was probably the hardest part of the journey was having this realization that arguably none of these beliefs, you know, within my belief system were mine. Oh. Holy fuck. You know, you, you get yeah. so tied to your belief systems and defending oh, it and arguing them and being fucking self-righteous about it. Right. When that starts to fall, you know, the, the cracks start to show, like, what do I have to hold on to if not for my belief system? And it's yeah. like sitting through that kind of dark night of the soul on the other side of it, at least in my experience, was this complete liberation of, oh, I'm not tied to this belief system. It's not mine. And I, I have the opportunity to feel how I want to feel about anything. Mm -hmm. And I can tie it to my direct experience. And so mm -hmm. this just... It's like, it's the hard, it's like the real hard part of the journey, I believe. Right. But getting through that just allows this freedom to play and explore and be curious. Because you're not, again, mm -hmm. you're not trying to defend your belief system and make it right or better than someone else's. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot came up there when you said all, all of that there, you know, but one thing... Um, of particular interest is I have personally had experiences uh, with plant medicines that showed me that karma is real. And it felt like I could tangibly witness this existential realization, pro profound revelation almost, that karma is real and you're where you're supposed to be exactly where you're supposed to be at all times, learning the exact lessons you need to learn for your soul's evolution. Because yes, we believe in evolution as far as like biology, like everyone knows evolution and, and Darwin and all this stuff. But what about your soul's evolution? It's kind of more of a, a hard thing to, to, to conceive of because it's not a tangible thing, but your soul is on this path of evolution, of learning, of going through experiences that ultimately lead you to a higher karmic position. Um, maybe for it's the next life, that's where we stop knowing, you know. But I know at least during this time on earth that by following what I feel is good karma, I'm building up good karma. I'm doing good things in the world. I'm trying not to add more misery to the planet. Only good things have come from that in the form of lessons, in the form of relationships, in the form of opportunities. Um, and I don't know, there's something really to be said about that. And it just kind of makes me think that that person, that example you gave, the the clue, what's it called? Ku Klux Klan guy. It's oddly, we're not going to understand this. It's just his karma. 
he needs to be there right now to learn some lesson for his soul's journey. And that doesn't make it right or wrong, or we have to agree, or we have to go to the meeting. We don't have to do any of that. But that's just where he is. And that's the kind of the yogic concept of namaste. I see the light in you. It, it just means I know your God too, because we're all the same. We're all stemming from the same source. You might not agree with me. I might not agree with you. We might not do the same activities, but we are the same stuff. You know what I mean? We're stardust, essentially. We're souls on different parts of that soul journey. At least that, that's what comes to me in these like psychedelic states that I've been in, you know, which I really think of psychedelics as like um, spiritual tools, not just something to get high on. <laughs> because for some reason or another, it really wipes the lens of your perce perception clean unless you see these more metaphysical ideas and intellectualize them in a way that's very helpful and beneficial to knowing why you are where you are. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, psychedelics in particular can allow people that don't see that you and I are the same, that don't see that we're all one. It, it, it At least in my experience, and it sounds like your experience, you can't help but feel that. And you start to have compassion for others. You start to undersee, understand how they maybe got to where they are. Maybe there was some child abuse when they were young. We, we have no idea anybody else's story. And even if we know some of it, we don't know all of it. We, we, we could never, we don't even know all our, our own story because a right. lot of that, right, we, we um, suppress a lot of that. And so I think to your point, the more we can just open up and see us in the other, um, and it's hard for people. There's like a cognitive dissonance because yeah. they're like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that fucking guy. Right. He's Especially right a scumbag. now. It's a, exactly. it's, a big, it's a big charge time right now with like division, which is so weird. You'd think we'd be getting closer to understanding as the earth moves forward. Maybe this is just a little like, uh, you know, like glitch in the matrix or something because I don't know. I had hopes that by 2020, I'm thinking from 1995 or something, it would be a lot better than it is right now, you know? I mean, th there are amazing things going on, but there's also a lot of uh, tension. There is, and I think, so if we drill down on that a little bit and get a little more nuanced with it, I think it is getting a lot better because I think there is a raising of consciousness on the planet. Mm. It is not being shown on mainstream media. True. What are they showing? Because that, that's not going to sell advertisements very true all the clashing the division all the bullshit that we're seeing on mainstream media is perpetuating that yeah but you know that as people start to wake up to what's going on they start to have these it could be a plant medicine experience it could be them just connecting with someone who opens them up and starts to see that we are all one whatever mm. their pathway is to that awakening once you wake up, you don't go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love about the the kind of the movement is it's happening all over. You know, I know that this Austin community, there's a lot of people that are doing great things that have open hearts that are expressing what you're expressing. And, and I and I agree too. I wish it were happening, you know, more visually for everyone to see that this is another path. Mm -hmm. Um Unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You have to really go digging for it. <laughs> Certainly on social media. I mean, all that stuff is 
censored and you know guys are being deplatformed for it but Mm -hmm. i I do think it is happening i think we're being shown something that is appealing to the people uh certainly the the people running these businesses who need advertisers and need eyeballs and there's a lot of people that will not wake up they will continue to watch the fox the cnn glued to their social media They're, they're they're just on that drug right and they they can't help it it's not their fault you know but they're the ones who are helping feed the machine totally yeah it made me think you know that all of that is essentially all this division intention is clickbait it's literally like how do we draw eyes we all know you might be a ufc fan i am um i'm not super i don't know all the names but my brother has a company that sponsors a bunch of fighters and i I know those names, you know, but it's like everyone loves a fight. You know what I mean? There's something about that visceral, primal, like competition thing going on. And that's almost what they're blowing up in the social media is like this side versus that side, him versus her, whatever it is. It's like everyone's just like, oh, the fight's on, you know, get the popcorn. And they're addicted to that fight. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, the algorithms, the algorithms are set up that way. YouTube, like, think about you click on a video, look down that right-hand column. It's all stuff that's getting you more and more entrenched mm-hmm. in whatever that ideology is. Right. And we've all been stuck in those YouTube rabbit holes, and it's just like mm-hmm. more confirmation bias. And you start to get more yeah. and more rooted in that space. So I try to be super careful when I go on there, like <laughs> don't watch more than two videos, like go right. in there for the video want to watch and then maybe yeah. something else is interesting, but don't get sucked in because that's totally. what happens to people. They watch CNN or they watch Fox and they are just locked into to that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, uh, totally it's fat. It's a fascinating experiment that's happening right now. And yeah, you know, I, for one, feel like I'm a little bit on the outside looking in and being able to observe it and not Same. get, not get, not get caught in the, the kind of yeah. the messiness of it. But it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt right. when you see people you love who are just completely indoctrinated into what's being sold. You're like, fuck, how do you not see this? Right. And they can't, it's too hard right. because you pull that thread. It's like what I was talking about earlier with the belief system. You start to pull that thread. Mm-hmm. It's like, Ooh, okay, so if that's not true, then what about this? And that's not true. Mm-hmm. And, and then your whole kind of, again, you're, you have this attachment to your belief system, but it's not you. It's not yours. It's not who yeah. you are. It's not the essence. It's not your soul. But people just not been taught that. They haven't had the experience that it's okay. You mm-hmm. know, when I was going through my journey, I had people like Kyle Kingsbury who've mm-hmm. been on his journey, you know, before mine and, and created a space for me to be okay with all of it like it's not you know basically like from goodwill hunting it's not your fault it's mm-hmm. not your fault you know and and when we're given permission to accept all those things and not try to hide from them and put them in the shadows we actually start to heal all that we start to right. understand who we are yeah what maybe our soul's purpose is and we don't have to go that deep like what's alive for me what do i like to do mm-hmm. what's fun what if i just did that stuff Right. And started to orient my life around those things. Totally. And as you said, amazing karmic things seem to happen. I would yeah. say you're just in a different frequency and feeling into what your heart wants you to do. And when we mm-hmm. do that, amazing shit opens up because we're not worried mm-hmm. about what anybody else thinks. We're not trying to appease anyone or please our folks or our partner or show up a particular way on social media. We're just 
getting closer and closer to the yeah. truest form of who we are. Absolutely. And that man is so easy to do once you get there because you just yeah. show up as you yep. and tune in. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Cause you know, when we do start this path of healing, a lot of people are going to misunderstand what we're going through. They're going to think, Oh, he's just on drugs. Oh, he lost his mind. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, just the things that, that used to make me happy. I realized don't actually bring my soul fulfillment. And so I'm going through this shedding process and by leading, you know, as a, as a example in, you know, bringing love to the world and good vibes and help, um, I think eventually everyone understands, you know, cause you know, for, I'm just putting this as an example, like I'm sure the first time my mom heard I'm into psychedelics and psychedelic filmmaking and psychedelic podcasts and all this and that I'm sure just as a mother, something was kind of like, Oh no, I'm a little worried about this drugs thing. Right. Um, but she didn't understand until, you know, much later, you know, like now, um, that I've kind of, you know, kind of, made this my profession, more or less, it's what I do for work, um, that it's okay. And I'm living a great life. And and I'm not going down this downward spiral, it's actually really helping. And then through realizing that, you know, me being that example of following my soul's journey, um, we she gets it a little more now than she ever would have had I not gone on this, right? Because people that grow up in the 50s and 60s, just they look at life differently and it's always going to be that way. But um, again, um, by leading by example and just f- f- feeling into what feels real and alive in you and just going full force into that, at least putting your best effort and your best foot forward. Um, yeah. I think that it does impact people. You wouldn't even think it impacts and it's a powerful thing. Yeah. It, and there are people that are just doing the drugs to do the drugs. And I've been one of those. It's not like every time I've done them, I'm trying to have this experience. So sure. it, 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 there are all of those things in play. And I think what's served me and others best is when I'm not trying to convince them or sell them that this is the way. Mm-hmm. If they're curious and want to ask questions about my experience, I'll share that. Mm-hmm. But I try to really stop short of giving advice. You know, I've mm. done that before. I've, I've been a, you know, when I got out of trading, I was a fitness coach for a while and had a lot of great personal experience with fitness and nutrition and lifestyle stuff. But I was giving people you know, like prescriptions, not like drug prescriptions, but prescriptions on what to do versus really giving them a a kind of uh, a suite of ideas and letting Mm -hmm. them choose what they're called to. Um, And so I think there's some, some nuance around that, but for me, it's when, when, when I just live my life and as you said, live, live by example without trying to, to do it, to live by example, but to bring the most joy I can to my own life. Mm -hmm that creates a different frequency that for me, it's created a magnetic field where people are starting to call into my space. And I would argue the right people. And when quote unquote, the wrong people, they're coming in with different intentions with, I'm going to try to hook up and strategize and leverage this relationship with Cal. I see that coming a mile away and I I have compassion for them. I've been there. I get Mm -hmm. fucking get it, but you don't, you don't get me that way. 
You get me by coming in kimono open, being, you know, in integrity, being vulnerable. And then we just, it goes where it goes without any idea that we need to create something out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. When I let go of that, like some amazing shits happened. Cause there's, there's the intention is just to connect. Yeah. And then, then as you know, you said, you put more good karma out there. Some right. cool shit happens. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny that just really, you know, really I've been certified as a yoga teacher and I've been through about 400 hours of yoga training. And what you're saying just reminds me of yoga class where it's just like, we're here together to do yoga. That simple. It's like, the and yoga is a metaphor for life. That's why we feel better after. It's, it's, it's trial together. It's a game. It's can you stretch a little further than you think? You know, it's push yourself a little more deeply. And let's see how we feel. Let's communicate. I'm going to come stand at your mat now. I'm going to sit down and we're going to talk. And I don't want anything out of this, but to be in yoga with you. And then I'm going to go back to my mat and I'm going to do some, some more stretches. And, you know, it's just, it's funny how that brought up that visualization for me. Um, but you have a ton of, you know, awesome advice going on here. But I did want to say that a big piece that I think people might benefit from hearing is about money and success and how did it bring happiness and how didn't it? You know, is it what it's cracked up to be? Because so many people, I'm sure, that are on their grind are, pu- are, are putting their happiness in the future. They're saying, finally, when I have that number in my bank account, finally, when I have that position at the job, I'll be happy. And so they're kind of like in this like, you know, hamster wheel until they get out at that point. And when they get out, they're going to say, oh, shit. I mean, according to you, this isn't where I thought I was going to get out. This isn't the happiness I thought I was going to have. And I just wanted you to speak to money and success and happiness and the relation between all those things. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, you know, certainly allow everyone to have their own experience with it. But for me, you know, if there's a particular number, you know, you want to make a million bucks. I'll tell you that when you make that million bucks, then what? Like you've made it. Okay. So you've been, been striving for this, this thing in the future, mm-hmm. arguably not really just appreciating the journey that you're on. That's certainly what I was doing. Not that mm-hmm. I didn't have fun. I mean, I had a lot of fun, but there was always a carrot out there for me to chase. Mm-hmm. And you, when you hit that million dollars, yeah, like it's awesome to have money. It's awesome to be able to buy something when you want to buy it. Mm-hmm. But once you get there, it never either a feels as good as you thought it was going to. And then it's over. It's not sustainable. It's like, Hey, you did it. You made a million bucks. Now what? Well, now I guess I make another million. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, you, you keep moving the goalposts because your life's not over at that point. Right. And you know, f- for, for me, it's, you know, again, I don't want to discount the fact that having financial flexibility is awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck. Yes, of course it is. But, you know, I've had this financial success and, you know, I've been married 21 years. There's been large swaths of that time where we haven't been happy, but I've had the money Mm -hmm. and my relationship with my kids wasn't as strong, certainly as it is today. And my relationship with my friends was on a different level. And I started to understand 
that that was the stuff that really brought me joy. Yeah. And, you know, it really starts, started for me with my relationship to myself and starting mm-hmm. to decouple my self-worth to what I had earned financially. Right. And it's a hard one for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But when we start to detangle that, we start to see that no matter, you know, what happens is my crypto account up or down, it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, unless you're putting your, your financial uh, status in peril, I mean, then it matters and you have to do some triage on it. But, but sure. ultimately, you know, how I've really chosen very consciously t- to live particularly in the last year, I'd say. And again, mm-hmm. I'm 49, so 48 years not exactly living this way, but I do a mm-hmm. lot of investing. Mm-hmm. I invest in things that I love, mm-hmm. like a product that I love. I invested in this, uh, uh, it's a it's a kava and kratom uh, Oh, I tried tonic. it yesterday. It's What'd really good. I loved it, dude. I, oh, it was so good. So it's, it's called Feel Free. Yep. Um, and for those listening, you can go to botanictonics.com. This is not why we're doing the podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, and you put in Cal 50, Cal 50, and I believe that the link should still be good. You get 50% off. But oh, here's wow. the thing I tried it in December of 2020, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. Tried it again just to make sure it was not a one time thing, and I really enjoyed it. So I reached out to JW Ross. Mm-hmm. who created the the product and it's his company. I said, look, I don't know if you're looking for investment. I, if you are, I'd love to look at it mm-hmm. to see what the terms look like, but I love your product awesome. and I share it with everybody that I know. Yeah. And, you know, I started to get super clear on where I wanted to put my money because where I put my money is where I put my attention, yeah. where I put my energy. Like I write a check part of me is going with that. So if I come in yeah. under, you know, within that karmic energy of, I love this product and I want to support it. I want to support the work that JW is doing. And then I will evangelize it. And, 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 so and cool. really I won't invest in anything that I wouldn't tell my friends about if I didn't have money in it. You know, so this is a product where if I was not able to invest in it, I still would be giving it out to everybody because I think it's, yep. you know, that's the way I operate. Like I love to share the stuff that, that I love. Yes. And so I, I invested in that and it's been super fun. Mm-hmm. And I invested in something called gel blasters, which is basically a cross between paintball and nerf. These little, <laughs> little gelets that come out. It's, so fun and a friend of mine had created it i said colin if you're ever looking for investment i know you can self-fund this thing but i love this so much my kids love it my friends love it it's like from four to you know 84 like it's Mm -hmm. for everybody and it just makes people laugh so like i just started to get more and more clear on what brought me joy so you know and then for crypto I was a trader for 18 years. I love being in that space. I don't want to day trade crypto. I want to buy and hold because there's a lottery ticket aspect to it. You never know where it's going to go. And it feels like it has a tremendous amount of upside. So I want to put some chips on the table there because that's fun for me to be in that game. I'm not going to put so many in there where if it goes to zero, I've got to make some real changes with, mm-hmm. you know, our home or whatever. But 
I've understood the level of risk that I can take that makes it fun and meaningful. And and so I've started to change my relationship to money Mm. and not think that I know more than I do. Try to be the dumbest guy in the room, ask the right questions. And, And I've got 20 plus years of experience of being the dumbest guy in the room and thinking I wasn't and making some decisions that didn't go very well financially. Mm-hmm. It's like drawing on all that experience has gotten me more and more clear to, again, what brings me joy? What's fun? What can I tell my friends about that they'll yeah. be excited about? Right. So there's a way to still have this relationship with money where I was like, fuck it, you know, money fucked me up. And I thought it was the most important thing. No, it had nothing to do with the money. It was my relationship to money. Yeah. So just getting more and more clear with that and not letting these changes in value in different parts of my portfolio affect how I felt about myself, affect my day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so heard a lot a, there. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I did give but, you a but, lot there. But one thing I, I'll say is what I'm hearing is what you're investing in is medicine, joy, and freedom. Because with the kava and the kratom, that's a plant medicine. With 100%. the gel blasters, that's joy. That's laughter. You're investing in laughter. The inner and child. Then, yeah. And then with crypto, that's freedom. Like we want to be free from these systems that oppress us, you know. And that's what crypto is, and that's why it blows up because people believe in it as a concept. So that it's so funny because if I was you know, and, and maybe someday I totally will be like a conscious investor. I feel like I would be just like you, you know what I mean? I'd be investing in medicine and joy and freedom. And that's just, that's gorgeous. And I'm, and I'm super glad that you're doing that. And you have, you know, the, um, the resources and the willpower to bring more positive vibes into the world through this resource money, right? Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people think money is, is bad, but money is just neutral. You know, like how you use it is what makes it good or bad. Um, so totally I don't agree. That's really, yes. cool. that's really cool. And you're spot on. And, and, and to that end, like I invested a decent amount of money into a venture fund that is all about supporting psychedelic um, ventures. And yes. I support maps because it's not all about getting a, a financial return on, you know, my money. I don't give any money to my college anymore. Like I, you know, I'm grateful for the experience, but they're fine. They've got all the fucking money they need. And I actually don't agree with, you know, maybe how the education system is set up. And Mm -hmm. especially, you know, I went to a place that was fairly liberal, Mm -hmm. uh, not because I was liberal, but just because it was an awesome school and I played hockey and I'm like, Oh, I want to go to a great school and still play hockey. Perfect. But a lot of what's being taught there, I don't agree with. So I don't want to support that anymore. And, you know, I do want, you know, the return I get from writing a check to maps is it pushes these plants into, you know, more every day, you know, everybody is, gets a little bit closer to having access to that. That's important to me. Yeah. So, so do yeah, you believe in the on. healing potential then of these plants? Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm I'm very curious, you know, how did this journey start with you? Um, I think you said it was psilocybin. And uh-huh. what was the effect that it had on you? Like, 
what happened when you took psilocybin? You know, give me a, like a mini trip report. So the timing of it was was really interesting. Uh, I got home from Las Vegas. So the, the, the shooting was a Sunday. I got home on Monday. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday, I went down to Onnit to do uh, an NAD plus a, uh, IV therapy. Okay. And in the group that was doing it is was Kyle Kingsbury. That's the first time I met Kyle. Mm-hmm. He and I hit it off. You know, I think I spent six or eight days in a row going there for this kind of reloading dose of NAD plus, and we hit it off. And within three weeks, I sat with my first psilocybin journey. And honestly, mm. I didn't, I didn't even know what was happening on that particular night. I just knew that I trusted Kyle and that I was ready to be opened up to to anything because at that point he'd given me all these resources, books, podcasts, videos to watch. And I was just deep in the rabbit hole of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when we, we sat down to do it, you know, for me, I just started to see myself. I started to see my relationship with my wife, my kids, even my pets with mm-hmm. other people with life through a completely non-judgmental lens. I didn't have any guilt or shame for what had happened, how I had maybe not shown up in ways that I had wish I had, how, you know, I had this, it was really amazing. I, I had this idea, you know, that I was kind of this large figure in the family, which was true. Like I, you know, at some moment my wife walked by, like literally walked by while we were in ceremony at night. Yeah in the shadow. And I was like, Oh fuck. I cast a big shadow. Like my family is in my shadow. I need to stand down and be more of service. I need to let them shine. And just like having awareness around things like that really allowed me to see a different way and to see that it was not my fault. So we think it's our fault. We, we do have that shame. We feel that guilt and it becomes really hard for us to just sit back and start to do the right thing. We're, we're trying to, uh, we just come from a different energetic kind of position. And so, you know, the mistake I made, which a lot of us make is thinking that because I had all those visions, all those awarenesses and, and knowings that we were good. We're good. Okay. Our relationship's great. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that it took a lot of integrating of that work. And I was going to take time for that to happen because I had spent 45 years of my life grooving those patterns. Yeah. And so, you know, within two months, my wife and I had a really challenging uh, conversation experience where I thought, fuck, we're going to get divorced. Like that was the worst mm-hmm exchange we've ever had like holy Mm -hmm. shit how did this happen like two months ago i had this life-changing experience Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until a few months later i started to understand like you still need to do the work man you got to do the work take Mm -hmm. it slow you know like for me i see what the potential solution is i go do it done let's fix it we're good Mm -hmm. and a lot of these things it just takes time and you let you have to let it unfold and you need to do the work and the deep inner work and Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. And so it's been a process of being patient, mm-hmm. which is, was not one of my um, 
<laughs> not mm. something I really exercised ever. Yeah. Uh, and Same. yeah, right. And, and it showed the, me to be patient for sure. Um, psilocybin and the, the, this healing journey for sure. And um, told me, you know what? Don't take life so seriously, man. It's fucking exactly. play. Have fun. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So just like, you know, actually a couple of them that kept coming up, like, dude, just have fun, relax. Like this is right. ridiculous. This experience we get to have. Yeah. So embrace it. Absolutely. I felt the same thing. I felt like it was a miracle. I was here. <laughs> like, you know, it, some people are is, like, right? like, yeah, some people are like, do a miracle unto me. And it's like, dude, you're here. That's the miracle. You know, <laughs> it's it, we're here, man. And that's like when I've worked with ketamine, that's probably been the most powerful one for me to really yeah. sit in awe of our existence and yeah. how many things had to happen for you and I to be on this earth having this yeah. conversation today. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes. In the pinnacle it- of the now. Like this is the furthest it's ever come. We're here. We're riding the wave. Yeah. Can you just be with it right now? Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, what's Mm -hmm. given me probably the most joy is just being in the now and not continuing to say, well, when I do this, when I finally get that car that I want, ah, then I'll have made it. When this happens, then I'll have made it. When I finally get in good enough shape where I can do this, then I'll be good. Like, yeah. What about the journey to getting there? What about showing up for yourself at a Wednesday workout with mm. your buddies doing yoga, cold plunge, sauna? Like, what mm. about that? Can you just be in the joy of that? Yes. Fuck, man, it's super powerful. That's real wealth. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. I think that that is, and I've said this a number of times, so I'm repeating myself to people who hear my show, but um, fulfillment is the true currency of life. You know, when you're fulfilled, that's rich, that's wealth, that's, you know, abundance. When you're feeling good and happy in the moment, it's worth more than a million dollars in your bank account. Not that I can say that firsthand because I don't have a million dollars, but I'm just saying like I've succeeded enough to get the things and the objects that I wanted and I thought I'd be complete by and uh, they didn't make me complete. I just sat here and I had the same realization you had. Well, what's next, you know? And What's re- next? You know, and then realizing that it's always going to be that. So, so just like build a life around you, you don't need to escape from is the, the goal, you know, like to, to find happiness daily. And uh, you mentioned Tim Ferriss way earlier, and I loved his concept of dreamlining, which is uh, there's a couple of periods of time, markers of time to kind of think about as a human, which is daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. So if you can kind of like think to yourself and really, you know, think about it and feel like into what would you want to do if money was no option, if travel restrictions were no option, if there was literally, you know, magic at your fingertips, what would you be, what would you want to do daily? What would you want to do weekly? What would you want to do monthly and then yearly? And I sat down and I answered these questions and mine were, you know, all very simple, very cheap, free things to do. Honestly, you know, a lot of them, which like yeah. daily I wanted to dance. If I dance every day, I feel like mm. that is a good day. It mm. wasn't make a hundred thousand dollars today. It was if I dance today, that will make me fulfilled. That will make me happy. That will make me wealthy. 
you know, and then what did I want to do monthly? I wanted to play a show because I'm actually an ecstatic dance DJ. Um, Mm. Started just as a normal DJ, like as a music producer, but then we found this amazing flow state with ecstatic dance and providing tunes for that, that we just were so thrilled after we step off the stage. We're like in ecstasy, literally ecstatic dance ecstasy. You get it. But um, (laughs) when, when you get off the stage, it's like, ah, you know, like I feel just completely at peace. There's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. So if monthly I can do that, if yearly I could play a festival, so more of like a big person event, 5,000, 10,000 people, that type of thing. If I could do that just once a year, I feel like that would bring me that feeling, you know? So just, I don't know, like the things in life, just performing, just dancing, just listening to music, just being with your bros, you know, being with your partner, like being with your dogs, like these little things really make a wonderful life. And, you know, we all have goals and it's great to achieve those goals um, because it's part of the journey, but as well, just remember the little things. And that's definitely what psychedelics have showed me because previous to taking psychedelics, I did struggle with depression. But after that, I was like, I am so grateful to be alive that my depression was erased. It was like, the fact that I'm here is enough. The fact that I have another day and I've woken up today means it's not over yet. Like, you've got work to do. You know, like these types of concepts would appear to me as novel. But actually, I wanted to mention this and go back because you said a shadow showed you a profound kind of revelation about your family. And it's just so interesting that I've heard numerous stories about shadows revealing truths to people, even when it's a physical shadow. Yes, we all know the psychological shadow, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, But I'm talking physical shadows for some reason seem to be um, mediums for teaching people lessons somehow or another. And um, I heard my, my friend Topher came over recently and he had a profound experience with a shadow uh, you did too. And then I did as well because a shadow actually shot, uh, taught me how to dance because previous to these plant medicine experiences, I was kind of like very like stiff. And the <laughs> most the sure. most dance I would do is bob my head up and down. Like this is <laughs> yeah. my dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's all I got. Oh, yeah. that, that's, that's I know I exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with the medicine experience, I was looking at my own shadow on the wall kind of feeling disassociated from it, um, not real, uh, being kind of in awe that there was this shadow and the shadow started dancing on the wall. I was dancing and I said, whoa, that looks super cool. That shadow on the wall, you know, like backlit by a candle is dancing and it looks super amazing. And of course it was me dancing. And I turned to my buddies and I said, am I bothering you guys at all? And they said, no, you're good. You're good. Just keep going. And I'm like, I'm good. Just keep going. Okay. So I'm dancing and I'm watching the the shadow dance and I'm realizing how cool it looks. And I realize why have I never thought of it like I can be free and dance and think I look cool. I always thought I looked off, you know, and it was just this like me being out of my ego that showed me that any way you move that's free is cool. And people think it's cool. It's not... So much of the, the fear of dancing is you think people are going to think you look awkward or you look off or whatever. But I don't know. It's just super interesting to me that shadows seem to be teaching a lot of people these lessons in psychedelic states. 
Yeah, and I think we forget that most people are so concerned about how they look that they don't care what you look like when you're dancing. <laughs> right? That's another good point. But but I, I think you're right, and what you what you what I feel like you're doing is rewriting the story. Right, the rewriting mm-hmm. the story that you know this is actually cool and freeing, and it feels good not so constricted, trying to move a little bit and trying to look cool, but looking completely awkward. Mm-hmm. And then even with your depression, man, the psychedelics, you know, arguably came in there and rewrote that story that your life is whatever is shitty. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'm so look at this. I'm alive. This is crazy. Yeah. Wow. You just something so mm-hmm. simple Right. that's all it takes to completely shift our perception mm-hmm. and our energetic state. So I love right. that, man. Yeah. And yeah, the, the shadow thing, I thought it was so cool. Like, oh my gosh, like that, mm-hmm. that is so on the nose. Like they are mm-hmm. in my shadow. Here she is. I'm in this experience and she's in the shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how those little things that are almost always there, in a psychedelic state holds so much meaning. It's like the shadow was always there, right? It's like the the physical shadow of it or whatever it was. But like through this experience, you being in the state to receive, her walking by at the time she did, it all clicked in your mind to 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 be a deep message. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what they do, this the psychedelics. And um, that's why they kind of provide insight or... Um, perspective on where we are and what we're supposed to do. And, and there's a couple reasons I can say that it was a miracle that I felt I was here now because you hear this concept ego death. Well, I definitely had, I guess, an ego death. It wasn't bad. A lot of people think, you know, ego death is some type of bad experience because maybe the word death's in it. Yeah. But, but, but what happened to me was that if this is death, quote unquote, and I died, quote unquote, everything from here out is just like a second chance, a second life, a new start, a fresh start, like a restart. Uh, and it, it was such an impactful realization that like, I'm reborn, right? It's like, I'm reborn because I'm still alive, even though I died. And through that, I was able to say, well, what type of life do I want to live now that I'm reborn? You know what I mean? And then I yeah. started on this journey that I'm on now, working with films and music and podcasts and all the stuff that all uh, are in the ethos of what rebirthed me, gave me this second life. And I've just been so endlessly interested in psychedelics, plant medicines, consciousness, spirituality since this quote unquote death of mine. Yeah. And so how many of, I love that. And so how many of us are doing, you know, film, music, producing, whatever. And because we're good at it, but we're not doing it in the space that really is aligned with who we are. So Mm. you've done exactly that. You do the things that you're really good at skill wise and you've layered in the things that you absolutely love. So there's, you have so much, you have like this infinite amount of energy to put towards it Mm -hmm. and it's really sustainable. And I think that's, you know, I think an important thing for people to maybe take away today is to, to find your passion or your purpose. And this shit gets always so corny for me because people don't actually think about it in what you just said. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a really good accountant right now. 
and I can crush it there. But I love all this other stuff over here. So I'm going to quit my accountant job and mm -hmm. go into this field. Well, mm -hmm. what if you married the two? What if you yeah. brought those accounting skills and some other parts of it into shit you really love? Yes. And then it's just like, it don't feel like you got to do it tomorrow. Like start to orient towards that stuff. Start to figure out ways to fold it into your life mm -hmm. so that these skills that you've worked so hard to develop, mm -hmm. you can still apply them and move forward with it. Right. It's almost like, yeah. you know, I don't know how great of an example this is, but I spent, I don't know, the better part of eight or nine years really into fitness training, Olympic lifting, hard workouts, fucking intense. Mm -hmm. And then I, I took a period of time a couple of years ago where I just stopped working out. Mm -hmm. And as I came back to that part of my life, I came back with a completely different idea of what it meant. I wanted mm -hmm. to be fun mm -hmm. and I want to get a good workout, but it's not dependent upon how much weight I move, what, you know, how much time I worked or any of that. It's yeah. bringing all those old skills that I developed into something in a really fun way. For me, it's not fun right now to go out in my gym and do Olympic lifting, doing squatting, mm -hmm. anything like that. I like going out there and having a particular type of workout. And so, you know what I'm yeah. going to do? I'm going to go do that because yeah. it's fun. And I have the skills that I've developed over these years to be able to do that in a way that's safe fun and gets me, you know, what I want. Yeah. So I think it's important to, to, to not abandon necessarily what you spent a part of your life or most of your life developing. There are ways to apply that into things yeah. that you are really drawn to. Yeah. It's, it's more simple than I think people would think, you know, like That's say right. they are an accountant um, or they have kind of a numbers job and, you know, they don't maybe like the firm they're they're working for. Maybe it's kind of very boring stuff to them and they're more interested in it. Let's just say that, you know, if you're listening to this show, you're probably more interested in consciousness, psychedelics and these types of things. Um, you could say to yourself, huh, well, what if I applied at MAPS to be their, their board, uh, you know, calculator uh, accountant person and uh, help them? And now I'm aligned with my mission and the things that I've been honing and, you know, maybe what my degree is in or where my skills lie. And I'm aligned with my mission now so that there's a sense of purpose in showing up to work. Because when you don't have a sense of purpose in showing up to work, it's easy to only live for the weekends because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. like, well, I'm just working to get paid and that's it. And then I, I can't wait to go on vacation. Well, I said this earlier you know, create a life around you you don't need to escape from because it is the little things. It's the everyday that you can find joy in. We've said joy a lot too. And joy, I feel, is a great descriptor for the actions to take that are that will fulfill you and bring you more and more abundance, more and more happiness, more and more good relationships is the more often you find yourself in that state of joy. So. Yeah, man. And, and, and it's, it's so interesting you use the word vacation because that's something that I'm working on removing from my vocabulary because, you know, vacation is to vacate this life to mm -hmm. go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, so I know like the Europeans like to use the word holiday and it doesn't quite roll off the tongue for me yet. But, <laughs> but ultimately, I had this huge awareness a couple weeks ago when I got home. So we go, mm -hmm. we go away every summer. I had 
arguably the best summer of my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, number one out of 49 summers, it was mm-hmm. awesome. And I wasn't ready to come home to mm-hmm. Austin. I came kicking and screaming. and I was trying to extend it a couple of days and da, 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 da. And I was like, all right. So I came home and I got home on a late Saturday night, Sunday, one of my best friends from Chicago had just moved here with his family. Mm-hmm. So they were actually staying with us at our house. And a- another close friend was in town visiting from South Africa. So I immediately dropped in with them on Sunday and boom, there's no place on earth I'd rather be. And, and mm-hmm. what I what I came to understand was transitions are hard for me mm-hmm. because where I'm at is the best place on earth for me to be. Mm-hmm. But what I recognized out of this is I'm finally in a space in my life where wherever I am is the best place on earth for me to be. And it wasn't always like that. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I can't wait to go on vacation. I can't wait to go golfing with my buddies. Like it doesn't mean but, you can't be excited for that, but if you, that's mm-hmm. always something you're always putting, I was always putting something on the calendar for me to look forward to right. in missing what was going on here because I didn't have the connection to the now. It was always this mm-hmm. forward thinking when this happens, then I'll be happy. And when I shifted that, and it wasn't a conscious decision, it just happened, I think, through doing a lot of my own work, a lot of that healing, and Mm -hmm. a lot of acceptance, I started to realize that I get to create the life that I want to live. And if I want to create the best life for me, I need to be paying attention to my yeses Mm -hmm. and, and really following that track and that path and the things that are no's are out and the things that are maybes are out. It's gotta be like, what do I really want in this moment? And certainly Mm -hmm. there's consideration for my wife and my kids. Absolutely. But if I can continue to live my life that way, wherever I am is the best place on earth for me to be. And that feels really good to not have this idea that, well, now we got to go down to Mexico for me to have a really good time. Or I need to, like I said, go on a golfing trip. And those things are awesome and have fun when you're there, but just know you're going to leave there and you're going to come back to your life. (laughs) And do you want to feel this sense of loss when you leave or do you want to just be in a state of joy when you're there and be grateful for being there? When you come back, be excited to be where you're at and just yes. every place you go, create a container for joy and happiness and alignment for what is, you know, what is true for you. That is it. Thank you so much for that message, brother. Amazing yeah, talk today. Um, I did just want to invite the listeners to check out your show. So how would you kind of invite them to do that um, before we go? Yeah. So the great unlearn it's, you know, it's on anywhere, any platform where podcasts are listened to. Mm-hmm. It's been a great, uh, great journey for me. I've been, I've learned so much as you know, like the podcast becomes such an incredible learning opportunity for, for the host. Cause you got to get super clear on how you're mm. feeling and hold space and be present yeah. in the conversation. Like, like you've been today. And so I'm super grateful for that opportunity. 
Um, you know, it makes you a really good listener too, doesn't it? Like I think about how much better I am at listening to people. Me too. Yeah. So it's it is really a, a great practice in communication. Absolutely. It is. There's, there's, you know, for me, nothing, nothing I've done has been better. Um, because people are going to listen to it. I don't care if it's one person or 5,000, they're going to listen to it. And I need to show up mm-hmm. honestly. So yeah, the great unlearn, uh, I'm on Instagram, cal.callahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably the, the two places to find me. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for having me on brother. It's been awesome. Really Dude, enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks brother. For yeah, super excited to get this out there. I think a lot of people will learn some great stuff from it. And uh, I do invite all of you guys to check out Cal's podcast, The Great Unlearn. So thank you once again for being here today and uh, see you guys next time.